Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny's joined by senior publicist at New World Library, Kim Skipper Corbin. So tune in for a fun conversation on everything from the spiritual wisdom at New World Library to the worldwide skipping movement and to the Unicorn Blessing Brigades. And now we welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. And good morning. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access the show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150 kknw.com. You can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. Um, And I'm really excited to speak with our guest today. And it's kind of a special like, oh, well, I think for the last few weeks, or really this summer, as I look forward to the next three years at Divinity School and everything really changing in my life, and looking back on on seven, over seven years of doing the show, um, there were just some, there are just some some folks who stand out to me, not only as guests, but people that I've had the opportunity to collaborate with, sometimes in the most serendipitous of ways. And my guest today is one of those people, and it just felt so perfect to invite her to be a guest on the show, and I'll tell you a little bit more about why. But her name is Kim Skipper Corbin. Uh, She is a senior publicist and social media manager at New World Library Publishing, which, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know New World Library authors are some of my favorites. Um, They've just put out such good work um, at that house. Uh, And then she also, Kim Skipper Corbin, there's a reason Skipper is her middle name. She has been celebrating the joy of skipping for 23 years. Um, You can find out more about her uh, skipping practice, and she's made the rounds internationally for that one, um, at iskip.com. That's iskip.com. And she has a new venture these days, which we were just talking about before going on air, uh, called the Unicorn Blessing Brigade. Um, So we're going to find out all about that and more. Um, Kim, welcome to Sunny in Seattle. (laughs) Sunny, it is such a joy to be here with you. Yeah, it is just wild, Kim, because, um, well, I guess I'll just, I'll preface it by saying, back when I first started the show, um, and I didn't know many of the the publicists who were doing um, spiritual work, and then, you know, as the show kind of got got some legs underneath it, and we were around for a little while, I would start getting email inquiries or little packages from publicists with books. And I don't know how you originally heard about uh, my show. I think you have, there are some other shows on KKNW that you have known about for many, many years. And so maybe mine just kind of got added to the list that was at KKNW for your authors. But um, you started sending me materials. And inevitably, you know, your authors were always people that I wanted to talk to because the subject matter just fits so beautifully with my mission for the show about mind, body, and spirit wellness with really an emphasis on the spirit part. Um, Yeah, but the thing was, you would send these packets that were just like so beautiful in the sense that it was clear you knew your authors and you had read their work and were very familiar with everything, every aspect of who they were and what they were doing. And then you would write these beautiful like summaries and these suggested questions if someone, for example, didn't have a time to read the whole book or whatever. I was like, who is this person? (laughs) 
I think I sent you a little thank you note and then kind of like a like a email or like a, a remote friendship began. <laughs> I don't know if you remember <laughs> more yes, details. Yes, I yeah. remember. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so then fast forward to about 2018 when Chase and I felt very called to move to Northern California. And we looked around at eight different cities and, and ended up very synchronistically but not planned in Petaluma and decided this is it. And then I think, I don't know how... It happened, maybe you saw on Facebook we were moving there or what, but you were like, I live in Petaluma. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it was just so awesome because you invited me to be a part of the Butter and Eggs Day Parade, or there's a whole week uh, that celebrates butter and eggs in Petaluma, and you suggested that we, that I... uh, that we go to the parade together. And I think you said, should we wear chicken outfits? I'm like, sure. (laughs) What? (laughs) And having never met you in person, I order the chicken costume on Amazon. You did the same thing or ordered a chicken costume. We meet for brunch in our chicken costumes a couple hours (laughs) before the parade. And then, you know, like an in real life friendship was formed at that point. (laughs) But I just, it was such a, like a serendipitous connection of dots that I never would have anticipated. And now here we sit, you know, seven years later with the show and and having several years in Petaluma where you and I did a lot of, we, we got together as friends, but we also, we had the women's circle that was your idea that was just fabulous, that we had a really nice group of, of uh, folks who participated in that. Anyway, we just, it's, we've got we got a lot of like threads that connect us, Kim. <laughs> oh, I'm so grateful. Thank you, universe, for bringing sunny joy into my life. <laughs> I feel the same way with Kim Skipper Corbin. <laughs> so one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, because it's funny, you know, you're always sending me the authors who I interview, but I've never spoken with you on air. And you are fabulous when it comes to media. I mean, there's a reason you're a senior publicist and you manage the social media. But um, I, I'm, I was really excited because I would like to have you on the other side of the mic because I know in all the years that you have worked with authors at New World Library that you have had the privilege of of being like at the leading edge of thought of some of the things that are being published and I wanted to not only talk about some of your personal interest with skipping and the Unicorn Blessing Brigade but I also wanted to talk a little bit about your time at New World Library and how that came about um, and one of the my inspirations for thinking this would be a really neat thing to be able to interview you about was Stephanie Banks, who's an intuitive channel, who's a, a dear friend, and she's been on the show. And she had me do a little bonus class for some one of her offerings recently because she said, in all your years of doing the show, surely you've got some like spiritual nuggets of wisdom that you know, you've kind of taken away from your time interviewing all these people. I would love it if you would share them. I thought, Kim's got to have some really big nuggets that she's taken away in her years at New World Library. So anyway, Kim, I'm curious, how did you come to New World Library? And let then let's talk a little bit about some of your authors. Wow. Well, the the New World Library, it's a, it was a long and circuitous route, which mm-hmm. ultimately started with my skipping calling. Yeah. Um, because I, so I don't know, I'm not sure exactly where to begin there. Um, so I, I had this, maybe we'll get to that in a little bit, but I started a skipping project and I worked in publishing at the time. I moved to San Francisco in 1996 mm-hmm. because I met a guy on the internet and ended up falling in love with the city more than the guy. 
And I um, managed to get, I had been working for my dad at the time because he had self-published a book in Indiana that I fell in love with and he hired me to be his marketing person. Okay. So I taught myself the self-publishing world. And then when I met this guy and fell in love with San Francisco, I started applying for jobs and I got an entry-level publishing job in San Francisco from Indiana. It was, it was just meant to be. Yeah. And so I started, it was Josie Bass Publishers. And so I started there. And then my mentor, Joanne Skinner, ended up getting pregnant. And so she left and I was promoted to publicity director. So I was the publicity director there for a couple of years. And then I started my skipping project, which took me off into uh, really far into left creative field. I ended up quitting my job for it. And um, it was it's quite a whole like there's well, lots of lots there. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it all really feeds together. If we should incorporate the skipping part of it now, let's do it. Like this is we've got an hour together. I want to go wherever you want to go with it. <laughs> okay, so while I was working at Josie Bass, I I was out with a couple of friends, and one of them skipped in front of me and said, "Come on, let's skip," and went skipping ahead, and I followed, even though I was kind of like I hadn't skipped for a long time not rope skipping just skipping down the street so mm -hmm. I was skipping down the street and I had this entire vision at the time that I should start a worldwide skipping movement that I could get my friends to skip with me I could do publicity about it and then people would have permission to skip and it could start a movement like I had the whole vision yeah. um that was when my calling found me yes. I'd say the first time and I wasn't ready to say yes yet yeah. I I didn't do it I talked about it and everyone loved the idea and then nothing came of it. And then two years later, through a whole nother series of synchronicities and magic, the skipping calling came back around right when the dot-com world was getting going. Okay. So it was like all these websites were starting up. And so I, and I had, I, I had like decided I was going to, I had decided to start running. And I told my coworker, I went for a run this morning. I'm the worst runner ever. I hate running. I'll <laughs> never be able to run. I was like lamenting to her. And in that same conversation, she said that her, she told me a story about her four-year-old daughter asking her to skip with her at the mall hmm. that the day before. And she said it was so bizarre. And like, cause I had, I, well, I took her hand and I did it, but I thought adults don't skip. And yeah. as soon as she said those words, it was like the vision boop. And I'm not a vision type of person mm -hmm. at all. I'm a very grounded Capricorn, you know, but yeah. that was, it was just clear to me that that yeah. was something I should do. And so I created iskip.com right in the middle of the dot-com gold rush where anything was possible and people were getting millions of dollars for IPOs with no business model. You know, like it was, <laughs> it was just that time. It was a magic time. Yeah. And I had just come back from, I was new to the Burning Man scene. And so my whole thing was, I'm not trying to make money. I just want to share a positive message with the world. And right. I think that's what the internet ultimately is for, is mm -hmm. to share positive positivity. And so it became this, it, just like my vision, it became this immense <laughs> movement. Yeah. I mean, like I was in Time and People and Newsweek and the Donnie, Chronicle did a big story. Uh, yeah. Donnie and Marie. I yeah, skipped Donnie and Marie. On national television. Yeah, it was. I mean, and and I, and here's, you know, I me relatively fresh off the boat from Indiana, <laughs> just like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> And, and, and it was coming from outside of me. I mean, that was the most interesting thing was it was a calling and I naively assumed that if I just did what I was told, that it just meant that it was going to be this straight path upward. And I was going to have this, you know, wonderful, everything was going to be happy rainbows and unicorns from right. then on. Yeah. 
And unfortunately, that's not really how most creative journeys go. Now I know. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up, I was like, if I leap, the net will follow. And my dad says, how's the cash registering, Kim? He's a Harvard MBA. He's, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, dad. It's my calling. If I leap, the way will be shown to me. Right. Well, you know, 23 years later, I have a net. <laughs> but <laughs> they should put like, we'll eventually follow in the subtitle if you leap and the net will follow. You know, like, and I went through a very dark night of the soul on the other side. I never doubted that it was still something I was supposed to do. Mm. Um, and, but it also was, it wasn't even that I wanted the skipping movement. It was what, what guided me and what is it guiding me to do now? Like I started like, really like what, what happened there? I really felt in yeah. the dark and it was a, and I declared bankruptcy and I mean, it was a really dark night and I didn't necessarily care that, that the world skipped or not. Honestly, it was like, I wanted to be, have that feeling of using my life to make the world a better place. Like yeah. that's what the experience gave me. And that was what I was longing for. And so I ended up um, I, like once I started getting once I went back to work, I worked for this 80 year old bodybuilder who was like wrote a book about going from having heart failure to building, being a bodybuilding champion. Wow. He was like 80 or something, 70, 75 or something. Wow. And he was a, a maniac. He was yeah. absolutely crazy. And he ended I worked for him for a year and he ended up firing me on Christmas Eve. What? basically just like out of the blue, right when the book was about ready to come out. And then I went to Curves for Women and then the manager there and I, it didn't, wasn't a fit. She and I got fired from all these jobs. It was oh. like, I'm like, what is going on? I, you know, I tried to say yes to my calling and I was really lost for a while. Yeah. And then I ended up at the Learning Annex in San Francisco, which was an amazing job where it was a lot of speakers and um, booking speakers, and but it was a really hard job. Mm -hmm. And then during that time, and it wasn't a good fit energetically, mm -hmm. and they were doing a lot of Donald Trump um, real estate. He, Donald Trump was like their main speaker at the oh. time, if that tells you anything. Yeah. And then during that time, my friend Adrian found an ad for a publicist job at New World Library, where I had been a publicity director before. I was the program director. It was kind of like, it wasn't as, it was a little bit of a step down on the corporate mm -hmm. ladder. But I, but it was for New World Library and it was as a publicist. So I went and interviewed thinking, ah, I don't know, and just fell in love with the company and um, and and had and found my place. Yes. Yes. In, in, I, in my way of making a difference, like no matter what happened or didn't happen with the skipping movement. I also thought that the book at the time, because I had what the thing that I was hoping was going to save me financially was I was writing a book I had mm -hmm. an agent and everything from all the media that didn't sell. And so then I thought, Oh, it's a sign the the book, they're going to publish my book. And it's, you uh -huh. know, it's going to just now the straight shot upwards going to happen. Yeah. Well, I presented them to my book and my book, I know now that, you know, I hadn't even, I was still in the depths of it. Yeah. I, I couldn't really write a book that was going to the book that I'm ultimately going to write. Yeah. That I'm still working on now until I, I was in it. I was too in it. And yeah. they were, and they didn't know exactly what to say. And it was kind of weird to be an internal person and be like, Hey, will you publish this? You know, right. Right. Um, but so I went to a, uh, I went to a book coach and, and they kind of helped me see like, you're kind of still in the dark night. Like you don't know what you're bringing back yet. And if you push it, it might not be good. So I put that on the back burner and just focused on for, I've been there 16 mm -hmm. years now. <sighs> That's wild. Yeah, 16 years of, and, and I learned while I was there, like, oh, like there's a that literally like Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, which is what I had been on yeah. and Bill Plotkin's work um, about soul craft and like the depths of soul. 
oh, that's what I was going through, you know? So it was, so it really was instructive to me to, for my own journey and for my, and like the nuggets you're talking about. And it seemed like the right books would always find me at the right time, you know, like that would, that would really help me where I was. Like there was one book called the woman's belly book. And I was really struggling with my relationship with my body at the time. And it's all about how our bellies are our power center. And I hated my belly. Mm. And so like that, and that started helping me be more in my body. Like it's like these little pathways would open up because every season I get a whole new batch of amazing authors there. Yes. That's the very long story of how I ended up at New World Library and how, why I'm so grateful to be here. Yes. (laughs) And there's so much I want to unpack around all of that. Um, So looking back, when you said you never, even when things were not going well, like you had uh, some financial crisis and weren't sure where the skipping movement was going, but you never doubted the call to show up in the world in a way that would that would be meaningful and and helpful to other people. Um, when you look back on that time now, what other what else have you learned or what are your takeaways that you could not have had otherwise if not for the really dark night of the soul moments? One of the biggest ones was, and I can remember when it happened as I, cause I kept thinking, I want the skipping movement to look like this. I want it. I, I was so upset that mm-hmm. I felt abandoned by whatever had called me. Cause all yeah. of a sudden nothing's going my way, you know? Yeah. And I remember having a moment where, just this kind of knowing came in that my, that it wasn't about saying it's easy to say yes to a fun invitation, like invite the world to skip and be a national media. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's fun. Yeah. It's not so fun to say yes to, Oh, you're in it. Maybe there's some shadow stuff you need to look at to, to learn. And that's where you are right now. How do you say yes to that? Yeah. So, so that's a big one is, is how to say, to say yes to, to the moment and mm-hmm. what, and, and define what, what in the moment, maybe if you're resisting, what needs you need to look at so that the flow can happen. Yes. So that was a big one was the, was the saying, yes, I would say, yep. even when it doesn't look like you, what you want it to look like. And then also like when I was at the learning annex and it wasn't a good fit for me energetically, I was pretty, you know, it was not a very, very good place to work. I would remember, I also would like remember back to times where like, A, I'd be like, there's something for me to learn here. And until mm-hmm. I learn it, it's not going to change. So it's good that I'm here. Yeah. And I would also try and remember back to time, other times in my life where I'd been in a similar situation and knowing that it wasn't going to last forever. Yeah. was another, another one. Yeah. Would you trade what happened uh, or would you do anything differently looking back? The main thing that I would do differently um, is that I would not have quit my day job so quickly. Mm, interesting. Uh, j- just because I've been thinking a lot about comfort zones, right? So yeah. starting the skipping movement was a big leap out of my comfort zone. Okay. Um, and and going moving to California and all of that, and then jump leaping without a financial net was also a big leap out of the comfort zone, but it was almost like I was leaping out of my comfort zone for its own sake, Hmm. you know? And I, and so, and then it's really hard to uh, live a creative life and to be able to find creative solutions when you, what I learned, one of the big things I learned, Mm -hmm. it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes. If you don't have a financial base and you don't have that comfort, 
it's very hard <laughs> to hold that, to live like that, you yeah. know, like that's the, and so, um, I really realized that along the way and that, you know, it's not necessarily leaping for its own sake. Isn't always the best choice. It's like discernment's important and you want to be daring, but comfort's also important to some degree. you like, it's not just, I just threw all the, I'm like, oh, who cares? I'll just like throw all my comfort out the window. And that didn't go so well. <laughs> it does, That does make sense. You know what you're saying, even from a brain science perspective, because if we are in, even if it's a low level of fight or flight based on, let's say financial stress or concern, you are then in a different part of your brain than the part that allows creativity and inspiration to come through and those kinds of things. So I think, yeah, that's, that's a very good point, Kim. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely not, you know, and, and it, I learned a lot and it, it went like it needed to go, but yeah. it, you know, it might've been a much shorter row. Who, who knows what it would have looked like? Like I can't go back and change it, but yeah. if I was giving someone else advice in a similar situation, I would say, you know, give your dream the benefit of, of, holding both for as long as you can Yes. versus just being like, I want to start this and I'm going to, and if I leap, the net will follow. Well, like it will eventually follow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's no, and when I'm, I'm working on a book and one of my chapters is um, divine timing can be a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it doesn't, divine does not work on our time. It works on its own time. And like, so I'm 23 years, 23 years. I'm still, I'm in this. And I just thought, and because it was such a big start, I thought it was just like, woo. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's 23 years and it's still, you know, it's evolving and changing and growing and I'm still connected. The thread of it is still there, but yeah. it's not what I would have expected at the time for sure. Yeah. And do you have a sense now where you sit with the book or the manuscript um, that you, whereas before, uh, whatever the book coach said about you weren't really sure exactly you were still in it and you weren't sure or couldn't know exactly where it was supposed to go. What sense do you have around that now from the benefit of this many years later? I have actually, I have a whole outline of chapter yeah. titles, you yeah. know, like, like what I said, divine time, it can be a yeah. real bitch. Yeah. Something about the magic happens outside of our comfort zones. Like I have an outline. Yeah. And now it's really been at one. And also one of, one of the things is you can only go as fast as the slowest part of you feel safe to go. Oh, say that again. You can only go as fast as the slowest part of you feel safe to go. Yeah. This is, and this is really the crux of it for me. And huh. right now my slowest part is still like has PTSD from trying to write a book for 23 years and failing. Mm. And, and, for, and that I didn't recognize at the time, I didn't even know she existed when mm. this journey began, really, mm. you know, like this, it was like, oh, I found my inner child. And then I, and she, you know, through skipping and I was like, come on, inner child, like, let's go. And she was like the superstar. I was like a pageant kid. Yes. <laughs> my inner child was, but at the same time, I was just skipping. I was skipping past my fears. I was, mm. I was saying, you know, like, like fears were coming up. I'm like, Nope, I'm skipping, you know, I'm skipping past them. I'm just like bulldozing. <laughs> well, those fears are still in there and, and, and the vulnerable child and the afraid child and the hurt child, mm -hmm. like all that were in there, but just like not having any attention. And so then when things didn't go well, then I needed, then I started recognizing, Oh, 
And when the law of attraction, you know, I'm like, I'm doing, I'm yeah. manifesting. It's like, yeah. well, it's not just manifesting the good. It's also what's in your unconscious. Yeah. So that, so really starting to pay attention to her and realizing like, I can't do it without her. Mm-hmm. And how do I love her? And how do I pay attention to her? And how do I balance kind of, you know, the, the skipping enthusiasm and all that part of like the magic of it with like checking in really with the part of me that I didn't even want to acknowledge existed when it all began. Yes. But it sounds like she's a big part of the manuscript now. Yeah. Well, she's, I have it. She's, she's still hiding under the bed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting patiently for her to show up in my, I really try and make space and come to the page and I've got, you know, I've got the outline and (laughs) so she's still, still kind of hiding under the bed. No, hear that. Oh, well, is there anything else, uh, you know, before we kind of turn to some of the, the the nuggets or the gems that you've picked up along the way from some of your New World Library authors, but is there anything else around the skipping movement that you want to share with folks? I'm, I'm curious what it means to you now versus what it meant to you back then, you know, kind of what is what is still the, the thread or the underlying mission that you carry with you that's just kind of a part of who you are from what I gather, <laughs> Yeah, the, I mean, one, the biggest part of the skipping movement for me, everyone always wanted to talk about the, um, you know, like the fitness benefits, yeah. which are tremendous. Like, that's why yeah. it became such a big news story. But for me, it was always about um, kind of recognizing different parts of myself, choosing joy over fear. So mm-hmm. so part of me would be saying, don't you can't skip people are going to think you're crazy. Like that voice still after 23 years shows up often if I'm skipping like, yeah. or if I'm doing something unusual, but the voice of joy and the voice of my spirit would be like, oh my gosh, got so strong and loved skipping. And so for me, it was like that being able to choose between the two Yes, um, was, is what the skipping movement always has been about for me. Mm. So um, yeah, so that's still, I would say that's still the at the heart of it for me. And then it's just like diving deeper into the to those voices. And I used to be so evangelical about it. Like it really mattered to me whether people skipped or not. And now <laughs> I, I'm not so much. I'm, you know, I'm more tempered about it. I I love to skip in a, um, I, I go to the empty workout room and I pick a really happy song. Yeah. And I, I skip to my heart's content, like, and just, up my vibration like that's how I skip now and it's more about having fun instead of like you some people skip for miles and miles like people skip whole marathons but for me it's like skipping is about how much fun you have from point a to point b so if you skip 10 steps and you have so much joy like that's better than skipping a mile and being like oh I can't wait till this is over (laughs) <laughs> ah, yeah, I love that because I was I was looking poking around on iskip.com, which is the website if you want to find out more about um, the skipping movement and, and what Kim has created there. iskip.com. Um, and you you had mentioned skipping as a spiritual practice and it connecting you with the voice in your heart. And I thought, oh, that's awesome. I hadn't even thought about that. That's yeah. really the, that's my favorite benefit of it. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. Very cool. And joy. I mean, in our world today, like we need joy. We need to choose joy so much. Like that's we're we're, we're publishing a new book by Lee Harris in the fall, <gasps> and it's conversations with disease. So he's a, he channels disease, and um, a big part of their message in the book is that we we can't just focus on the grislier aspects of life. We need right. to be 
you know, choose joy and amplify joy and bring as much presence and joy into our lives for ourselves and for others. And then as we do that, it, it, it's like spreads that energy across the land. And that's another thing that skipping is just, you see someone skipping and it immediately is joy or you skip and it immediately connects you, your body to a felt sense of joy. And, yeah. and that is something that our world needs more than ever, I think. Yeah, it does very, We when we're talking about this, it, it feels very practical because if you, I mean, I've been with Kim before and we've done a little bit of skipping here and there, probably in our chicken costumes, I think we maybe <laughs> did for a little bit that day at the parade. But it is, to me, impossible to start skipping without having a giggle go with it because you feel kind of silly, but then you feel it's kind of fun. And it just, like you say, the movement of it is like an uplifting movement. So, yeah, I think an immediate vibration lifter. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, very cool. Okay. So um, let's talk. You mentioned Lee Harris, um, who is one of my favorites. Um, and I will let me ask this, actually. Uh, having, I feel like I'm fairly familiar with what New World Library does, but I is Lee Harris one of the only channels that you all have published? Is that unusual? No, we did the um, the Seth books. Holy wow! You yeah. all were the publishing house behind the Seth books. <laughs> I had no yeah. idea, Kim. And Sinea Roman also is our author. I know. I have yeah. I have one of her books as well. I was looking for information on connecting with one's soul, and it was one of those books yeah. at East West that jumped out. It's an older book, but oh my gosh, a classic. Yeah. Yeah, it's and th those were so it's those were a long time ago. So Lee is our, our you know our new the newest the yeah. new the new age channeler. Yes, yes, <laughs> new I know. Now age. <laughs> the now age. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um and what is just out of curiosity, you know, what are well, of course you mentioned the upcoming book that really emphasizes the need to not just look at the grizzly but to to encourage and look at turn our attention to the joy and foster that. Um, what else from some of his work stands out to you? Because I, I I love the Z's, but I haven't listened uh, in a little while. Well, mm -hmm. Lee does um, does energy updates every mm -hmm. month. Mm -hmm. Like I would I would recommend that. Like on YouTube, he he takes the pulse of of what's happening and then kind of gives a guide for that. Yeah. One of the, a practice that he recommends. I, I actually got to go to a Silomar with him and Scott Stabile. Yes. Um, and they did a, a creativity workshop, which was really amazing. Yeah. And one of the exercises and the things that he does is he says that everyone can channel their soul. Mm -hmm. So it, all you need to do is to sit down with a piece of paper and say, "What does my soul want me to know right now?" Yeah. And just start writing. It's that simple. It's the soul writing, and that when we're doing that, we are bringing our own soul forward. So yeah. I really love that. He talks a lot about being multi-dimensional, uh, living multi-dimensionality. Multi yes, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure I was going to be able to say that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, kind of balancing our soul selves with our human selves, which is kind of what I was going back to, right? Yeah. Like my my spirit self, my soul self with the skipping movement was like, whoo, but I, I, I neglected my human self in right. that. I, I just got so focused on on the soul and that, that anything's possible, which is true, but there's also a very human part of me that, that needed tending to. So yeah. he speaks to that quite a bit, yeah. which is really, really good. And 
Yeah. He's just, just he's just wonderful. I can't recommend him highly enough. I agree. He is, uh, I have many serendipitous connection points with Lee and he um, just really respect his work. He's one of those folks that just, you know, high integrity and a good person. What, at least in my experience, and you would know much better than I, but one of those folks that what you see is what you get. He's not a different persona uh, when the camera goes off or the retreat ends. He's, he's all around a neat guy. A hundred percent. And he has yeah. this, he's built this community called the portal community. Mm-hmm. And of all the authors that I've worked with at New World Library in 16 years, he, he's, he's just doing it right. You know, really? he's, and it's a, it's really a wonderful, I like the, their Facebook group is, um, is fantastic. It's just like really people who are on the cutting edge of living this way. Yeah all gathered together and and he he's he's something he's a he's a special one that lee harris he is well what a privilege to be able to work with him and to bring forth all the beautiful uh wisdom that the z's bring through um yeah okay so who else stands out 16 years who's who is maybe like one of the authors you were just like holy wow i can't believe i'm working with this person or they were just over the top amazing Meeting Eckhart Tolle was really incredible oh, when he came to yeah. New World Library, um, <laughs> and we haven't done, we did the Power of Now before I got to New World Library. Mm-hmm. We've done some projects with him, and we have an, an imprint called Eckhart Tolle Editions that publishes oh. books that Eckhart picks. Oh, um, yeah! I just worked on one called Extraordinary Awakenings by Steve Taylor. I interviewed him. Yeah, yes, and uh, that was what, oh, actually, I don't. I think that that book wasn't. All, Steve Taylor has done a few books with us. I think that one wasn't an Eckhart one, actually. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but the but the other he has done a couple with us that were yeah. the Leap and um, the Calm Center and uh, and one other poet like thoughtful poetry books. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so Eckhart came to the office and that was just <laughs> I, he felt like a tuning fork. He's so present, you know. And everyone was just kind of a little starstruck, and I was just like. Eckhart's in the house. <laughs> I, my inner child just, and his inner, he's got a really active inner child. And he just started giggling his cute little Eckhart giggle. It was amazing. Oh. <laughs> so that was good. And then another personal favorite for me is Sark, who, because oh. Sark has been on, you know, was, has been a part of my journey from the very beginning. I wrote to her when I started the skipping movement and she wrote back and was very supportive and even like, Put, gave me a little quote to put on my book project way back when, you know, oh, supportive, yeah. like very supportive. And then when I was at the learning annex, I hosted a big event for her that went really well. And then when I came to New World Library, we published um, Succulent Wild Love and Glad No Matter What with her. And I got to be her publicist at, at New World Library. And, you know, her book, Succulent Wild Woman, was definitely one of mm. my early uh, permission giving, you know, like, getting that Midwestern self to step aside so that my kind of inner skipper, joyous, creative one could come forward. Yeah. Tell me, uh, because uh, Sark, I, now that you're saying that, I had reached out and they were like, oh, sure, she'd love to be on your show. And we just, something dropped in the line of communication where we never did secure a date. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I never got to speak with her. But um, so for I- her new, For the new edition of Second Wild Woman that just came out? Uh, no, this would have been like three or four years ago. 
at least. Yeah. And I don't think I was. I hope it wasn't me that dropped the ball. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was dealing with it was a, a gentleman and I, it wasn't around the release of a new book. I had just reached out to her because she'd come across my radar screen so many times. So I didn't even time it around something that came out. So you would not have been involved. I oh, think okay, I just, <laughs> yeah, she just looked like such a neat lady. And I thought what a wonderful just energy she had. So tell me a little bit about her work since I didn't ever get to talk to her. <laughs> like what were She's some of the pieces that you took? Creative light beam. I mean, she's <laughs> all about creativity. Um, succulent wild woman is about, you know, li- living your most succulent life, yeah. creative life. Um, glad no matter she's, but she's also, she's really good. Also again, bridging the two. So she mm. writes a lot about the marvelous messy middle and, ah, yeah. and she hand writes most of her books <gasps> and almost all of them in a, in bright, colorful, um, handwritten font so they're very unusual and they're very creative just like she is yes we did succulent wild love with her and with dr john waddell who was her fiance at the time oh he and and he and he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer right when they turned in the book oh my and so that means there's a few months before the book comes out and so he was in chemo and then he and so she, she ended up only promoting by herself and he he ultimately passed away and it was Mm. to watch her go through this, this, you know, like she's people often just associate her with the light end of the spectrum, but here she was navigating all of this really, really intense stuff. It was pretty amazing. Um, And then now she's, she's, and she just, and to watch her um, walk her talk and practice what she preaches, you know, like she did such a beautiful job of that. And then she, and she's in love again. Like she mm. had, had this amazing new person that called her inspiration line and they, it's like love at first sight. And she's <sighs> deeply in love with him and he he's here now. So it's, you know, it's pretty incredible. And, and she, and she wrote a lot about grief and she just, she uses her life um, to really help people deal with whatever they're helping each other, helping the, 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 what they need help with. Yes. Oh, that's so good to know. And I love that. She was a part of your life before you even went to New World Library, and then you were able to help her as she brought forth one of her books. Yeah, we, our paths definitely have always have always crossed, and so it's like, oh my gosh, Sark! Like, yes, so, <laughs> yeah, pretty great. <laughs> oh, so I'm thinking back, um, and I'm actually I'm going to do a show on this, but some of the biggest I think like takeaways in terms of just what I've. I've learned about being a human and I've learned as it really applies to me as a human spiritual being, having a human experience. And some of the, my favorite material has been the folks who are either researching or have had near death experiences. Um, and it just, they're, the messages are so affirming and good reminders of, you know, that we're never alone, that we're always safe and that things are going to work out. Those, you know, all those themes that many of those people come back with. So kind of in that same vein, Kim, what are some of the big like life or spiritual lessons that you've learned from your authors? Because I would assume there would be some big themes, even among books that are on slightly different topics or um, but they all kind of come through with, uh, I would imagine that you, there would be some messages that you've received along the way, big takeaways. I think the, uh, the biggest thing for me is, is integrating the darkness. Ah, cause that's what I needed the most, yeah. you know, like that, that it's not all rainbows and unicorns yeah. all the time. Like it's great when they're to amplify it when it is, I mean, yes. I'm all about rainbows and unicorns, but there's also, 
a lot of pain and suffering and kind of we need to be able to hold both of those things. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately use use that darkness and the, the challenging times as fuel to create the change to, to we did, we did a book um, in the fall mm-hmm. called sit down to rise up by Shelley Tegelski. Uh-huh. It's really all about like, and that, and that's our work in the world is how do we take this to the next level? Yeah. And really like being present to the darkness and the struggle and the bad things that are going on, not turning away from it, like being able to hold it and integrate it mm-hmm. um, is so important. And we, I just worked on a video. We, we just published a new um, edition of, of Joanna Macy um, mm-hmm. and Chris Johnstone's book, Act of Hope, okay. which is about facing the mess we're going in without going crazy. And that's a, that was mm-hmm. a big theme there. You know, So not only like when I first came to New World Library and I was like, oh, the dark night of the soul, that's what I've been in. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of that, but even more immediately with what's going on in the world right now and our inner work and, and that kind of thing, I would say is definitely a, an overarching yeah. theme that's been imp- very important to me. And can you maybe going back even a little further, what were some of the other authors? Because I, I hear you know, when you're talking about really being able to hold both the darkness and the light. Like what were some of the ones folks who really go deep with like the shadow work or the dark, the dark side of things that helped you personally? Um, well, Joseph Campbell, ah, and, yeah. um, Bill Plotkin and Sarah Avant Stover wrote a book called mm-hmm. the book of she, which is about the heroine's journey. And, oh. and that, that's that one. I highly recommend that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Active Hope and, and Shelley's book, you know, I, I, but I think that it's a, it's just kind of, I, I guess those are the main ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. Now you've got to have had some crazy moments as a publicist. I would just imagine like things that go down behind the scenes or like a moment where you're like some crazy media appearance or I don't know, like what are some of the funny memories that you have if you have any like, because I shared an embarrassing moment last week when I was looking back on seven years and like my, I w- had the opportunity to interview probably the teacher of my heart of this lifetime, Martha Beck. And like, 10 things went south. Like it just was like one of the lessons was you can't control anything. Don't even try to. Cause when you do, it just makes it worse. <laughs> just roll with the punches. So anyway, so anything like that, that you have that might be funny or entertaining to look back on. The, the, first, the first thing that came to mind, it was not from new world library, but it's when I was at the learning annex and uh-huh. we would organize these big events. Well, yeah. they did Sylvia Brown's Oh, um, and, and they and and we would sell tickets for Sylvia Brown's big events at the Masonic in San Francisco, and she would mm-hmm. and all over. Yeah, and p- so people would call, and you know, and uh, so Sylvia Brown was like a big part of the Learning Annex. Yeah, and so when she came to town, the instructions, uh, like she had very specific requests for the green room, which she needed, I think a dozen hot dogs and a crock pot <laughs> in the green room. <laughs> Just for her? I, was, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, if I have no, I didn't ask. We just got the corn dogs for her. And just, she was such a riot. Like, you know, like people in the, in the audience, she'd, they'd, be, they'd say, Sylvia, they come up and ask a question. What's my, what's my, what's my spirit? What's my, uh, what's my spirit's name or my spirit guide's name? She's like, your spirit guide's name is Thelma. Next. <laughs> she was like, that's. It was, 
hilarious. Like I, my, that was a, that's definitely one just like working with Sylvia Brown. Rest, may she rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> was definitely a good one. Uh-huh. And then it's funny, like I have, so, you know, like there's things happen and people miss interviews yeah. and authors miss interviews. And it's a terrible thing when that happens. And I have this video of my own that I send to my authors when that happens. Oh no. Where, so this right when the skipping movement first started, I was invited to be a guest on mornings on two with Mark Pitta in San Francisco. And it was my first television interview. I was so excited. And the newspaper article had come out the day before mm-hmm. and all my friends wanted to go out to celebrate. I was like, Nope, I'm going to bed early. I got to be up. I got to be down at Justin Herman Plaza uh-huh. at 7am tomorrow for this interview. So I go to bed and then I wake up and I'm like, wow, I like feel pretty rested for, you know, before my alarm, I think. And I like, <laughs> look at the clock. I'm supposed to be there at seven. It's like 945. And I'm supposed to be at work at nine. Oh, Kim. So, <laughs> so my, and I think, and again, it's like, that was my unconscious self. Like, oh no, we don't want to do this or something. I don't know. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. And I like, look at my voicemail. I have like four messages. My phone had rang and I just oh. let my alarm had gone off and I had just slept through it all. And so I turn on. So then, and then people are like, work's calling and they're concerned about me. Where am I? I like <laughs> turn on, like I later, I discovered that he, the show went on without me. And so he, and I have it all. And it's, I have the segment. So he like said, so this is Kim. She's a publicist and holding the newspaper up <laughs> article of me up and saying, and holding the microphone up to the newspaper saying, so she's supposed to be here, but pardon the pun, she skipped out on us. Oh. So Kim, when we get back where he's like, acts like he puts my picture in the paper in his chair. And he's like, we're going to see if we can get, if I can beat you to the punch and get more people to skip than you. <gasps> so then Mark Pitta, I'll have to send you the link, Sonny. It's, oh my gosh. it's hilarious. And it's like, if you just Google mornings on two, yes. Mark Pitta skipping, you know, yes. it would come up. <laughs> and so I ran into him. I went to a comedy club like a year later and he was the headliner. Oh my. And I was so nervous to meet him and tell him what had happened. And so I went up to him after I said, I'm the skipper. I'm the, his producer, like were stop ghosted me. I mean, they were not happy with me oh, at all. I'm sorry. And he said, I said, I'm so sorry that that happened. And he said, Oh my gosh. He said, that is the most popular segment I've ever done. What? I'm glad you didn't come. And then the two of us skipped out of the comedy club together. So it was like a good ending later, but I was mortified. And so whenever my authors, you know, like mess up and then they're mortified. I say, here's a little, here's just a little something for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it happens to the best of us. And I send them Mark Pitta skipping around, getting all these people to skip in San Francisco. Okay. I am so happy you shared that story because that is completely new to me. And I'm so sorry that that happened for you, the mortification feeling and all, but it sounds like obviously, you know, it had a very good ending and oh my gosh, that's really funny. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was. I and I called my dad. I can remember when I would call my dad. I'm like, Dad, I'm and he's like, Kim. I'm like, don't Kim me. Like what? He's like, he goes, Whenever things like this happen to me, I just like think about how huge the universe is. Like, oh, you know, like yeah. just like, you know, it'll it'll all you'll it'll it'll be behind you soon. Yes. <laughs> and I always and I've always 
felt that like the best, the worst mess ups make the best stories later. They really as long do. As you can, you can hold on. <laughs> exactly. And that one even had for him to be able to say, I'm so glad you didn't show up. It was my most watched segment ever. Most popular. Totally. Like, that's awesome. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So you've had some good times at New World Library. Um, let's see any, is there anything else, you know, because I want to make sure we leave a little bit of time at least for the unicorn blessing grade, which is something that you're currently working on. Um, but anything else from your New World Library time? Any advice for folks out there who are thinking they might want to be able to be a New World Library author someday or just cool stuff you've got coming up? Well, um, let's see. I would say for people who want to submit, a, if you have a project that you want to submit to New World Library, that there's a link on our website with submission mm -hmm. guidelines if you mm -hmm. have a project. Um, and... I don't, I don't, no, I, nothing really else comes to mind. Just, it's just a great place to be. It is. It is. And I just, I want to um, also bring attention to, it was started. So I'm um, in 1977 with Mark Allen and Shakti Gawain. And that I, I should have mentioned her earlier, actually. She, she was my mentor, oh. uh, became a very dear friend. She passed away right. in 2018. Yeah. Um, but she was, is definitely one of my, just it was amazing to have the opportunity to work with her and and get to know her. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I and I had the wonderful honor of talking to Mark at the 40th anniversary uh, of the New World Library publishing, and and to hear the humble beginnings in a in a little small apartment kitchen with Shakti and him and that manuscript that is such a classic. Um, with creative visualization, yeah, it just feels like it's a foundation. Still one of our bestsellers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's timeless wisdom that people have built upon from then. But I feel like it was like revolutionary at the time when it came out. I mean, it still is, but just yeah. other people have you know piggybacked on it quite a bit since yeah, her, then the, the comments on her facebook page when she passed away and mm -hmm. the death uh, the way how many lives that woman impacted it's, it's truly inspiring yeah oh what an honor i mean yeah new world library you all have done some good stuff <laughs> okay unicorn blessing grade i have not been in petaluma since this all started but uh tell us about it i know because you have well let me just also preface this by saying so everybody has a friend that maybe has like like an animal or something that they really like. And so you always, for whatever gift or occasion, like I had a friend where in Austin who started a, um, a food truck and she did fried chicken and waffles. Um, and uh, the name is a little bit racy, so I'm not going to say it on air. And it's not, it's not still around anymore, but we had some good times. But for every occasion, somebody would give her a picture of a rooster or a chicken. So she had all these figurines. She had everything. Okay, that being for... Kim Skipper Corbin is unicorns. <laughs> Kim has a lot of unicorns. Okay. Tell us about unicorns, why you love them, and what the Unicorn Blessing Brigade is. <laughs> I just have always, uh, you know, kind of identified as a bit of a unicorn in, in general. Like, And a friend of mine started a, a thing called the Unicorn Scouts a number of years ago and gave me my first unicorn horn. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've just always loved unicorns. And then when the butter and egg days parade didn't happen in Petaluma, not this past year, not this year, but the year before, uh, Mo from the mail depot called me and said, I have a giant blow up pink unicorn outfit. Would you be interested in coming down and being in a mini parade and skipping the mini, a mini parade uh -huh. wearing this blow up unicorn outfit? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like. I was so excited. And so I went down there and I 
skipping unicorn was born. Uh, I mean, this is that one is like a full head, like you know. And I like I just become I love wearing that thing. I love I just love it. And so that was the first thing. And then my friend Tracy had sent me a video of a bunch of people who were out one night, like riding those um, co- Halloween costumes, all different ones in the video she sent me. Like, yeah. you know, there's like cow, there's cows and there's horses. And it looks like you're riding them. Your upper body is out and then they're the, your legs are their legs. Uh-huh. Well, she's, and she said, wouldn't this be fun? We should do it with unicorns. And so then the unicorn blessing brigade was born and I put out a call to Petaluma, which is a very quirky, I knew there was going to be other people yeah. who identify as unicorns. And I said, calling all unicorns, we're going to paint the streets with positivity yeah. and this unicorn blessing brigade because a herd of unicorns is called a blessing. I mean, so, of course it yes. is. <laughs> yes. And so that was in Ju- end of June. And we had like 40 unicorns came and we rode through town and people who, even if they didn't participate in the actual ride, mm-hmm. were along the route that we had given them and they were cheering us on. And it was just so amazing. And now we've been invited next week. It's like coming up really fast to to be a part of a new third Thursday event in Petaluma called Arts Alive, Ah. where like art galleries and businesses are going to have creative art, you know, themed activities and music and that kind of thing at like a bunch of different businesses on the same night. And so the unicorns are going to be kicking that off and then going along and like cheering the, the different locations. And so that's this coming Thursday. It was so great too. There's the the one of the best parts of the first one is the kids. Yes, the, the, I've seen some videos. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they yeah. are so excited yeah. about so it. This time I'm really encouraged. People said, "Can kids come first? I said, "Yes," but now I'm like, "Please bring your kids because yeah. they just really led the way, and we're like so much fun." So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and I just love the idea of just this you know group of Petaluma unicorns who you know putting out the call and just having people show up it's like really something yes so do you not that there needs to be like a vision for it but do you have some ideas about where you would want to take it like it doesn't even need to go beyond Petaluma I'm it is amazing as it is but just curious if you're inspired or you have like a vision of something else that you'll be doing with it what I, I kind of like that right now the vision is very local for yeah, me yeah especially because it feels safe it feels yes. um compared to the skipping movement which was like you know san francisco and national media yes and, and all of that like my slowest part is like oh this is nice like yes. really getting to know my community and yes. connecting with the businesses in our community and the other creative people in our community yep. and like for me right now that's my main focus and i'm open to what the universe has in store so yeah you know, I, th- I think that, and, and I'll, and I will, as things get, go- if it keeps getting traction, then I'll do some pub- national publicity around it and then see what happens. I have a friend in New York, Michelle Joni, who started Michelle Joni's skipping club there, who has a gigantic old school bus that she turned into a unicorn. She happens to also what? be a unicorn. So oh. we're talking about doing a unicorn blessing brigade in New York with her that includes her thing next year at some point. Oh, so. I'm sure that the unicorn shenanigans have just begun, but it's not something that I have like, a, like with the skipping movement that I knew my goal was to do that. Mm-hmm. It's more just like being in the spirit of play and seeing where it takes me. Yeah. And Petaluma is such a wonderful community in which to do that. And they are so lucky to have you bringing the unicorn blessing brigade and all of the joy <laughs> that comes along with that. 
Um, okay, so if people want to connect with you about the, I mean, I don't know that we have many listeners in the Bay Area anymore now that I'm not in Petaluma, but um, if they wanted to find out how to participate or where do they show up for the one that you're doing uh, a week from now or so? We're meeting at Grand Central, um, the coffee place, uh, at five, starting at 5.30, and then we're going to go across go on the turning basin to Uh water street bridge like we're leaving right at six and the day the date is thursday august 18th thursday okay okay so yeah that's next week okay at least from where we're taping right now so okay well kim it has just been such a, a fun hour with you to be able to interview kim skipper corbin (laughs) (laughs) and beyond much fun (laughs) oh so thank you for being my guest um and anything any other things you want to leave us with kim before we wrap up today i just want to thank you sunny for the Mm -hmm. the amazing interviews that you've done with new world library authors Mm -hmm. over the years and the depth with which you prepare you're one of those hosts that always reads the book (laughs) which is very unusual and um, it's just it's just a joy to work with you professionally, and I just feel honored to to call you my friend. Oh, right back at you, Kim, and thank you. And it's it's just I mean, the work that you were doing and the New World Library is doing makes my job easy and so much fun and so joyful. Since we were talking yes. about joy, sunny joy. Woo! Okay, everybody, that'll bring us to the end of the hour. You have been listening to Sunny in Seattle. I am your host, Sunny Joy. I was joined today by Kim Skipper Corbin, and uh, we'll see you next week, everyone. Bye.